and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. Hey, it's Ari Mizell. Welcome to the Less Doing, More Living podcast. Nine years ago, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, a little-known, extremely painful, and seemingly incurable disease, which forced me to go down a long road of radical transformation so that I could reduce stress and win back a normal life for me and my family. While extremely painful, Crohn's was the best thing that ever happened to me because it forced me to innovate and create the less-doing-more-living system, which I used to govern my life. Then I was given the gift of starting to teach this system to other people. And over time, I was able to help more and more people through a video course, this podcast, and the Less Doing, More Living book. Now I have the privilege of working with some of the world's top business minds, including Dean Jackson, Joe Polish, Dave Asprey, and Jordan Harbinger, who have all decided to join me for the first annual Less Doing Live Summit that I'm holding in New York City from May 1st through 3rd. To get more information on the Less Doing Live Summit, you can go to the URL lessdoinglive.com. Or you can also find links to the event on our main site, lessdoing.com. Now, enjoy today's podcast. And if you listen to the end of the show, I am going to give you more information on this event, as well as a way you can earn a free copy of my book, Less Doing, More Living. Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast, episode 139, with Dan Havey of the Easy Checklist ABC. And I have back with me Nick Sonnenberg. Long time no speak, all right? Yeah, um, I feel like we didn't, we didn't work on our radio intros together since you're going to do these so many with me. Uh, so the interview with Dan was really interesting. A lot of stuff about checklists and making processes easier. But I want to get to the links now because I have a bunch of them. So the very first one I want to tell you about, and this is not completely relevant to I well to me or you right now, but I think it's great that they're doing it, and I hope that this exists when my kids are in primary school. It's a company called Safco or Safeco maybe, but they actually make a desk called the Alpha Better, and it is a standing desk for kids in school. Um, and they've actually done some really interesting studies showing that kids with symptoms of ADD or uh, hyperactivity do much better when they're, at, when they're given a standing desk and they're not basically forced to sit all day. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, I definitely believe that. So this is a standing desk, adjustable height. It looks like a regular school desk, for kids, I think it's I think it's really cool, mm-hmm. and it even has a swinging pendulum footrest bar because this is an important thing to realize. You know how every bar you ever go to has like a little footrest at the bottom. Yeah, that's because it, it's very uncomfortable to stand to stand in place like that normally in full extension for a very long time. So we need to be able to sort of move around, take our feet out of that position, uh, shorten the muscle every now and then, and it, it's smart that they included that. There was something I recently saw for standing desks. It's like a little mat that has different, maybe it's you. Yeah, the, the topo. Yep. Yeah, that was cool. Yep. That was, uh, it was great. It was really cool. So that's, that's the first one. Uh, the second one, this is just personal interest. It's called spaceprobe.es or spaceprobe.es, so space probes. And it, it shows every, well, not almost every major space probe that we've put out 
from Earth. And this is, I don't know, this is just something that's always been interesting to me. The the oldest one is the, the Voyager one, and it is currently almost 20 billion kilometers from Earth. And uh, we launched it in 1977, and it is still communicating back to Earth. Oh, it'd be cool if you could see this on Google Maps or Google Earth. Yeah, right. Um, that, yeah, it's well. So I think it's the first one to ever leave. Ever, I think it's the first Earth-made object to ever leave our solar system. And it's pretty cool. It's got a cosmic dust analyzer. It has a golden record on it. And the record has 115 images representing the diversity of Earth on life. It has sounds of nature, music, different languages. The golden record was curated by Carl Sagan. So basically, they're hoping that someday like this will reach some alien population and they'll get to listen to what Earth is like, uh, I guess. Uh, it's, it's pretty amazing that something that was built in the 70s, the late 70s, like this, is still out there so far away and still communicating with Earth. Yeah. I just think yeah. that's mind-boggling. I mean, uh, on a similar topic, it's, it's kind of mind-boggling, too, that airplanes haven't really changed that much since the 70s, either. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, yeah, true. Uh, okay, so the next one's called Air Call, and this is basically if you have a remote team or a company and you need to have phone support, it's really cool. So basically, it's cloud-based phone support. Uh, it takes about three minutes to set up. You can make and receive calls from wherever you are, and basically, it's a, it's a routing service. So if people have customer service issues, you can get a phone number like anywhere, and you can get it routed to the person who's on duty at that time. You can get voicemails by email. Uh, basically never missing a customer service call, even if you have a remote team and you don't have an actual call center. So uh, it's, uh, if you're interested in doing that, there's, there's also a desktop app and a Chrome web app that makes this, this really easy to manage. So you can track your customer service calls. Cool. Yeah, I think that you know customer service is always an issue with a startup, especially companies that are doing like Kickstarters or things like that, and they don't really have the, the processes in place yet. This is a really good way to get customer service set up right from the beginning. And there's a lot of people that will tell you that customer service really can make or break the, at least the, the perception of a company. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, other than a sale, which may just be clicking a button, ordering something, people don't have, might not have any other interaction with a company other than customer support. Yeah, and depending on what the product is, like some people might not be good on a computer and they prefer speaking on the phone. Right, yeah, exactly. So, uh, okay, the next one, this is, a, this is a challenging one for me, but there is an article that I found that, it, so what, what do people always say when you take antibiotics? When you take antibiotics, yeah. that, that uh, you know, over, if you do it too much, that you're going to build No, but, I mean, but, but when they prescribe it to you, what's like the most important thing? Oh, don't, don't drink. Okay. <laughs> Okay, or finish them, right? Oh uh, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the most important one to you. Don't drink. Okay, so they, they, the doctors for years always tell you that like you don't stop when you feel better, and it's always and it's one of the things that they say contributes to the antibiotic resistance is that people take it until they feel better, but they don't end up killing the strongest, the strongest uh, pathogens, mm -hmm. and there was. A prof there's a professor at a, a university in Sydney who basically is saying that there's an advantage to stopping a course of antibiotics once a bacterial infection has been excluded and minimal risk 
if signs and symptoms of a mild infection had resolved. And I think this is really scary, actually, that they're putting this out there. But basically, they're saying that once you feel better, you can stop taking them. And, and I, I, there's obviously some sort of evidence to back this up, but it's it it's it's frightening to me that this has been put out there because I feel like this is one of the biggest issues with the bacteria and illnesses that we have present today. I mean, is it? it I mean, aren't there specific cases where that could be true? Like, I, it's hard for me to believe that you know, across all antibiotics that, you know, there aren't some cases like where you could stop early. But why? That's the thing. And the, and the other, I mean, even if you get to minute amounts of bacteria that you're not able to necessarily find in a blood test, like what, what would be the, you know, what's the purpose of not finishing the course of antibiotics to make sure that you sort of get all the scavengers? Yeah. I mean, I guess the argument could be like those little scavengers aren't, you know, are less harmful than, like, those are less harmful than the resistance that you're, um, that you're building up by taking more antibiotics. I don't know. It's possible. It's possible. But uh, to me, I think that it's, it, that's, this is something that really needs to be tested. And the truth is, is if that's the case, then the antibiotic course maybe should be shorter. Uh, you know, there's things like part of this too, in my opinion, that annoys me is it's like a compliance issue. Is, is it really that hard for an adult to keep taking to take pills for ten days? Like honestly, <laughs> apparently it is. I mean, apparently it is. So, I mean, some people are really just anti pills though too. You know, they. That's true. They, yeah. You're right. Um, okay, so this is a, this is a funny one, but I, I mentioned before on the podcast about there's several. YouTube stars that are making untold millions every year from advertising, which I mean, it's kind of incredible. Some twelve-year-old kid or ten-year-old kid, right? Who's yeah, making millions. Evan HD is yeah. He's he's actually his videos are really well produced. He, I think he's, he's they're putting that money back into something. So, but there was one particular particular one that's called a Disney Collector. And my kids love this one. We, my, like, we're kind of obsessed with watching these sometimes. They're fascinating. You never see the person. All you see are her hands. And she opens toys and plays with them for, like, five minutes. It's ridiculous. But they're, like, mesmerizing. And she's making $5 million a year from ads. Now, the, you never see her. All you see is her hands. It, they, it turns out, there's an article in the Daily Mail, and it turns out that she's, like, a former Brazilian porn star. <laughs> And uh, she is the voice and the hands of Disney Collector. So I guess she found a much more profitable profitable way to work. Speaking of uh, funny YouTube uh, videos, I'm, I'm sending you one right now. Did you see the bar mitzvah one that the, just went viral a few weeks ago? No. I will have to. Well, tell me about it. Uh, the, the kid... They sent out bar mitzvah invitations, but by a YouTube link, and it's just really funny. You have, you have to watch it. I, I wouldn't do it justice by explaining it. Okay. All right. Well, maybe we'll throw that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, okay. So then the next one, uh, you like this one. It's called appmachine.com. Have you heard of this? Nope. Well, pull it up. Take a look at this. This is uh, it, it's an app development service, but it's it, not a full app, I, I don't think. But what it's doing is it's pulling content automatically. So you basically just put in your website. And it will sort of create the app for you based on like what it finds. And then you can, I mean, you can obviously change things around, but it's uh, it's an interesting take on creating a, an app. 
Yeah, these like out of the box things, like maybe it works for really simple apps that, you know, you're just displaying some content, but I couldn't imagine that, you know, anything complicated, these things won't be able to do. No, of course not. And I mean, this is really, this is for creating like a branded app, basically, is the, yeah. the purpose. But for that, I think it's actually, it's not bad. Yeah, no, definitely. So appmachine.com, and you can just try it out if you're, anyone's interested and see what it comes up with for your website. Um, okay, so the next one is there was an article in Lifehacker about the importance of good emotional hygiene for your mental health. And we had Laura Coe on the podcast previously who wrote the uh, book Emotional Obesity. And there's an uh, basically this is a TED Talk by Guy Winch, and it's the case for emotional hygiene. And what he argues is that, or not argues, I mean, he just makes the point that we take care of our bodies, or some people do. We we eat, we take supplements, we do other things. But a lot of people don't practice emotional hygiene, where they're the way that they practice bodily hygiene, just like flossing or brushing teeth. And it's not just for people who've had traumatic traumatic incidents in their life, but essentially looking at the ways that we deal with stress and just our emotional response to things in general. And and it's always something that I am interested in because. I feel like I lack emotional intelligence in some ways. So I've been told that too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so there it's you go. INTJ. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so anything that can help me understand it better, at least, I, I always find it interesting. So this is a, it's a really, really good TED Talk. He's a psychologist who did this guy, Winch, and I think people should check it out because it is important. And if you haven't heard the podcast with Laura Coe, please go check that out as well. Uh, so the last one is that Epigenetics is a relatively new new term, and it's basically how the external environment, the things we eat, the, the, the environmental factors we experience affect our actual genetic markers and, and affect our offspring as well. And there's one example that, you know, if your grandfather smoked, then you are actually more susceptible to lung cancer because of it, because basically the DNA gets broken along the way. It's really kind of fascinating. And so there's a new epigenome. And it's basically, they, just as we have a genome where people have they've mapped the, the human genome, now they've created an epigenome. And it's a map that highlights how genes spur our health and disease. And it's really fascinating. It's a fascinating line of work. The only problem I have with it is that it's very hard to get people to make life changes for things that may not have an effect for two generations down the line. Mm -hmm. But again, it really is fascinating to find out that you know certain foods that you might eat or certain environmental factors can have really interesting effects on gene expression. So if you're thinking long term, something to look at. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I do have one more, uh, and it's about. Oh no, no. I've already talked about this thing before. It's about how to use Kanban or can, uh, Kanban, depending on how you pronounce it. For, yeah. uh, I use Trello. I, I think Kanban is a really good workflow system. Yeah, I do. I do as well. So, uh, Nick, thanks again for your time. And, and, you know, as usual, please give people the URL for Calvin. Oh, CalvinApp.com. Yeah, so check out the newest and best calendaring or scheduling app to come out and get to meet Nick at the Less Doing Live event if you are coming. So thank you very much, Nick. Thanks. Thanks, Harry. And now for Feature Interview. So now I'm speaking with Dan Havey, who is the CEO and founder of Easy Checklist ABC. So Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you. So tell everybody what Easy Checklist ABC is. Okay, so Easy Checklist ABC is designed for small accounting firms. Um, 
for small accounting firm organization, process, and project management. It's a SaaS product, and it's open to the public. Um, and it's it's based on a subscription model, monthly, yearly, two-yearly, um, cloud-based app. Okay, so what what made you create that? Like, what was the, the problem that you were trying to fix when you created this? Um, well, I've always been a problem solver by nature. I was a satellite engineer for 13 years, actually, and I used to launch satellites. And we had a sequence of events that I actually managed that had 5,000 rows. It was an Excel spreadsheet that had 5,000 rows or 5,000 tasks of things to do. Um, and, you know, so I know the importance of following processes and having checklists and those kinds of things. I think everyone kind of intuitively knows that. But um, the reason I got into the accounting side of things and, and this particular, you know, solving this particular problem is I have a good buddy from, from back home as a you know, childhood friend who's an accountant. And, you know, he was just complaining to me one day about how the software in his industry just kind of, you know, was subpar and there's a lot of problems that um, he had on his day-to-day. And I just listened to him. And, you know, one thing led to another. I started talking to others in the accounting accounting industry. So accountants, CPAs, bookkeepers, and, you know, started finding, you know, a common problem between those, you know, in this industry. And, you know, it just kind of went from there. Okay. So, and, and what is that problem? I mean, what is the problem really in accounting? Like why? Oh, yeah. So the basic problem with accounting is it's, it's a very complex industry and managing a small accounting firm is, you know, it's a very complex endeavor. And, you know, I guess the, the kind of analogy or the picture I like to put in people's heads is, you know, people walk up to their, you know, say laptop or Dell computer or some kind of computer and, you know, they say, manage my small accounting firm. You know, and of course, the software that comes native on those computers are not going to do a good job. Um, you know, they need something that's specifically designed for them. You know, they've used, you know, I, I hear it all the time that, you know, using spreadsheets and sticky notes and whiteboards, and, you know, pads of paper to try to organize things and follow a process that they do for clients over and over, just not sufficient. So, you know, basically... Running a small accounting firm, you have many different projects that you you work on for different clients. Um, You know, for instance, a small accounting firm could have 900 clients. They're doing processes for 900 clients. Um, Say they do 10 processes for those clients. And those processes have tasks. You know, you're quickly in 90,000, managing 90,000 tasks amongst you know, your employees and a, a workforce that's also being modernized with, you know, people wanting to work from home, you know, um, having part-time work. And there just needed to be a way to organize all that stuff into one place for them to you know, make sure that they can track and manage all their client work, never miss deadlines and due dates because that's very important in this industry to never miss, you know, specific IRS deadlines. Everyone knows about April 15th. Um, yeah. So, and, and are there are the checklists? Are they sort of uh, are they individual to each firm? Are there are there ones that you've kind of figured out that are that are sort of templated that a lot of people use? Yeah. So we do. We kind of have a mix of both right now. Um, so we do these templates that the industry. You know, there's never going to be one specific solution. You know, that is ultimately our goal, but. 
you know, we found that we can put out a template is what we call it, a checklist template to have, you know, accountants start somewhere, take that template, you know, kind of, you know, add a task, remove a task, change the names, change due dates, assign it to different people, you know, kind of make it their own, but, you know, they can have a starting place to start from. And then also you can just start from scratch. So if you want to create a checklist, so the way it works is you have a checklist, which is like a process. And then, a, you know, the checklist has multiple tasks and you create that and it just keeps, gives you a reliant, consistent way, you know, to follow, you know, follow that process, you know, to do, to do those tasks over and over again, just like when you're launching a satellite in my past life, you know, you miss one of those steps and that could be a very critical, you know, lead to a critical problem. And so that, that's kind of how the, the architecture is. So well, let's talk about processes and, and checklists in general. So obviously, as you, you mentioned, with the satellite launches and stuff, you had you know five thousand item lists in yeah. Excel. I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of checklists. I'm a big fan of processes. And and awesome. what I find is that in everything we do, there's a process that most people don't look at the actual steps required. And at least in my business, a lot of that leads to people feeling kind of overwhelmed because they don't even realize the steps required to go through the processes that they're going through on a, you know, even daily or sometimes hourly basis. Uh-huh. So when you're looking at processes, do you sort of have a way that you look at them in terms of how to optimize them or how to just like how to systematize them in a, in a, a more efficient way in general? Yeah, we actually, we try to do some educational pieces on that. You know, we definitely have, um, you know, some eBooks written around that. And I think that basically you have to keep track of things and you have to iterate, you know, so something is as simple as making a cup of coffee in the morning, you know, you could create a checklist for that. Right. And you'd have you know, five tasks. Maybe some people who grind the beans have 10 tasks, but in the end, you know, you have to think about, you know, this process, if you do something over and over again, you might as well, make your life simpler and write those steps down and then not have to, you know, just kind of forget about it. But it doesn't mean that that process can't change, you know? So if, you know, when you're in it, so that, that also, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to, you know, wrap your mind around if you're just getting into the industry maybe, but that's why, um, you know, we create those educational pieces and we also have templates to start from. Um, but the best thing to do that I always recommend is, you know, start somewhere. You know, we hear a lot of feedback where, you know, we hear people say, I have all these processes in my head. And, you know, it's like, just get it down on, you know, write it down on paper and then digitize it, get it into our system. You can, so you can easily start from scratch, create a checklist, add tasks, but just start somewhere, follow your processes, believe in it, and then iterate. You know, change it as you need to. Um, having that discipline is the key to success. You know, so you know our basic message about all that to keep people, you know, consistent and reliable, and to actually think about this, you know, process-driven firm is to think about. You know, we talk to many different people in this industry, and you just basically mimic the successful people. You know, and the successful firms are always process driven, you know, and you know, say for instance, you have a smaller firm, 
you have five, 10, 15 people, when somebody leaves your firm, you know, that can be a pretty big blow, especially if all their information's in their head. You know, so, you know, if you can have that discipline, have a firm that believes in that as an operating procedure, get your processes down. If that person leaves, well, yeah, it's, it can be a blow, but you can also have all those processes ready to hand off to somebody else, you know, with a click of a button. So you know, those are my thoughts on that. Well, no, and, that, and that's, that's very in line with the way that I look at it. It's just, it's always interesting to me not to harp on this for too much, but it's, it's just interesting that you take two and you gave a perfect example of making coffee, but you tell somebody, you know, write down the process for doing this and two people will write it down in a very, very different way. I find. Yes. Um, the thing that I see that varies the most is the level of granularity. And I'm, I'm always pushing people for a lot of granularity because you can have somebody, you know, for coffee, it's like, open you know uh, put coffee in coffee maker and turn it on whereas you yeah. can you know you could obviously as you said you have the person take you know the coffee beans and grind them to this setting and then measure out this amount and you know so it, it there can be a lot more detail and i find that when you write out a lot more when, when you write these processes with more granularity a lot of times right away you can just look at that process and see more areas that you can make more efficient immediately yeah. Exactly. And that's why, you know, it's not scary. You know, it's, it's easy to start somewhere and you're never going to, you're never going to achieve this perfect process. Right. So, um, you know, if, if you can have a, a five-step process for your, you know, bring a cup of coffee, that's great. But the, 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 uh, you know, the basic, the more basic idea here is, what if you're sick of doing the coffee or you want to move on or you need to grow your firm, you know, in, in a way. So you want to hand that task off to somebody, you know, so those are the steps that they can follow. So they don't have, you know, they don't just start from scratch. There is definitely, you know, you can, you can definitely change it as you go. And our system allows that to happen. Um, but you just start somewhere. And that's, that's, that's the feedback that we heard where, you know, I, they, you know, they use all this different software. It's really expensive for small accounting firms. It's usually built for large firms that have, you know, 200 people. So it's really expensive. And they, they can't do simple things like creating an ad hoc checklist and then, you know, tracking all their employees in one place and all their clients in one place. Um, you know, so that's what we're trying to solve here. Um, you know, I, I would love to be able to have every perfect process and template throughout the industry and um, but I always think that people are going to be individual you know just depend you know every firm will be different some firms work on personal tax returns and corporate or just one or they have more complex processes that they follow you know and just to remember that it's about getting it down having a plan and relying on that plan you know not to harp on that too long, but, you know, I, I was just writing another educational piece that, because I'd like to help people with this problem in general. And, you know, I think the, the a bigger issue is when people have to make, make a decision in real time, you're kind of creating more stress in your life. So what does that mean? Right. So if you have this process and say you have 10 tasks to follow, you know, that's a lot better, even though that might not be perfect. That's better than following no process and then thinking, 
over and over again in your head, did I miss a step? Did I remember to do that one thing that I did last time? You know, so you're just creating all this stress. And, you know, we've heard from people that, you know, during busy seasons, especially the one we're in right now where you know, tax season is ramping up, you know, they can't even sleep at night because they'll, they'll think to themselves, oh, wow, did I, did I remember that step for client X? And, you know, so just, so just having something, it's, it's not going to be perfect or you can always try to strive to get there. It's just a matter of, you know, staying organized, you know, have something easy to assist your day, a tool that you can rely on and, you know, reduce that stress level. Yeah. Okay. And that, I mean, that, I think is a really, really good framework for approaching that debt. Now, are you thinking of doing this for other industries or other businesses? Yeah, that's a, that's a great um, segue, I guess. We have been, so we've been talking to you know, hundreds of people in the accounting uh, industry, but we also, you know, we don't live in a vacuum and we've talked to many different people or people have even approached us and said, hey, this sounds great. This would work perfect for, you know, this industry, that industry. And we already have ideas of, you know, at least five more industries that we can get into. Um, we also have a sense, we also do digital marketing and website consultations. Um, and a lot of that carries over to almost any business looking to get customers and, you know, drive you know, sales and profits. Um, so we're, we're, we take our processes already and we use Easy Checklist ABC for our own development, you know, when we're creating a, you know, email autoresponder series or we're doing our, we, we do our software development tasks when we're working with our development team and our testers all in our easy checklist ABC. So we started realizing, wow, you know, we're hearing feedback from other industries that need this kind of thing. And, you know, we actually use it for ourselves. So we're, you know, our, our angle is different where, you know, you have Asana and Google spreadsheets and you can do these things for free, but you don't have these templates built in and it's not designed specifically for small business workflow, you know. So that's where we kind of, we set ourselves apart there. And, you know, if, if someone would want to, you know, learn how to, uh, you know, create a SaaS product or create a, an autoresponder or a marketing campaign. We already do that kind of stuff. So we have those templates already for the, the checklist templates. People could log into the system and just follow it. So, yeah. So to wrap up that question, you know, we're definitely looking into different industries and it kind of just happened organically. And then I, I believe that this also applies in your personal life as well. Um, I don't know if you think that that maybe is too obsessive, but, uh, Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, you know, so we also, we are picking niche industries because we don't want to water down our approach. Um, you know, you could, you could have, you know, that's where, that's where I think these other uh, tools fail where they want to be everything, you know, everything for everyone. You know, we want to help small business which we think, you know, is obviously the, the engine of growth in our country and the world, you know, and by helping them, we can help society, you know, and, and like a, you know, bigger kind of ideas there. But, you know, we're right now we're still focused hundred percent on accounting industry and 
we have some ideas of moving over to, you know, like I said, startups, because we're a, a software startup. Um, architects, we've heard from uh, finance industry, you know, so creating these different uh, health law, you know, creating these different checklists for these different industries um, is where the value of this tool lies. And, you know, not just, and you could just do an ad hoc, you know, process management and manage your entire business through here. But we also, you know, as it, as we continue, as we go on, you know, we're going to have hundreds of checklists that people can just start from somewhere. Like you said, if, if, if we got to that point where we start thinking of our daily lives, maybe we have a, a, a template in there for daily lives and it's brew a cup of coffee. <laughs> right. And you could get crazy about it where you could have brew a cup of coffee. Uh, the, you know, coffee beans are already ground. You know, how do I brew a cup of coffee that I need to grind the beans? So, you know, it's always going to be different. You can, but the thing to remember is start somewhere, iterate, and have that flexibility of being able to change and track. And, um, yeah, so it's really exciting you know, to be able to not only serve accounting industry, and you know, it's also exciting to think about the future and all these different uh, helping all these different people. Yeah, that, absolutely. So. This is the the last question I always like to ask on these interviews, and uh, you can interpret this however you like. Is cool. what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? And you know, making checklists that can't be one of them now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to be more effective, definitely, I like. I'm a big proponent of planning and uh, visualizing. You know, so when I was younger, I was actually a, a baseball player. Um, I was a pretty good baseball player. I made all state when I was a junior and I, you know, I would always think about the game, you know, the night before, or even, you know, if you're sitting on the bench waiting for the game, you know, you're thinking about, you know, if a ball comes out to me, what do I do? If, if I get a curveball, how do I change my swing? You know, so kind of visualizing your success. So how does that translate over to business? I think it's very similar where I think about every night what am I going to do the next day? And I, you know, I use my smartphones and I just write down notes and then I think about it, but I keep it really simple, you know? So I, I think, okay, this is what I need to visualize. This is what I need to work on. And then I'll write down something, you know, as a, as a note to remember what I'm going to do for the next day. So, you know, every night I'm prepared for the next day. And then when I come into work, I have a plan to work on and, you know, also dedicating a certain portion of time to complete something is really important. And you shouldn't, you know, I think people shouldn't sell themselves short where, you know, if a task takes an hour, you know, give yourself an hour, go on your computer, you know, say, do not, do not disrupt, um, you know, close your email, work on that one thing until it's done or until you, you know, you're done with that allotted amount of time that you've dedicated toward it. And that's the hardest part too is, you know, even if you want to plan your, your day and you say, Oh, I'm going to allocate one hour to this task. It always turns into two hours, three hours, but that's fine. But put it to the next day, you know, put, you know, visualize, have small, you know, small goals that you can accomplish and feel good about day to day and then plan your next day based on how that, you know, how your current day went. And you know, that, that's my simple, typical advice. 
Awesome. Well, Dan, thank you so much. Where can people find out more about you or more about the company rather? Yeah. So I would just definitely go to easy checklist ABC. So, um, that's all, all one word. And our Twitter handle is capital E capital Z checklist ABC. So they can find us on our website and on Twitter. Okay. Well, Dan, thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Sorry. Hey, it's Ari again. Thanks for listening to today's show. As I promised at the beginning of the show, I am going to tell you more about the Less Doing Live event in New York City from May 1st through 3rd. Then I will tell you how you can earn a free copy of the Less Doing More Living book. Less Doing Live is an event I am putting on with Business Research Group in New York City. We've designed this event to give you and a small group of Less Doing fanatics a personal quality experience. We are limiting this event to 150 participants in Manhattan to make sure that I get a chance to meet and hang out with every one of you. Now, here's why this event is different. You see, most business conferences are just a series of speeches on a stage where smart speakers get up and give you tons of great information. In fact, it's usually so much that you don't know what to do with it all. But at Less Doing, our community is all about taking action. So I have designed this event to make you take action. But at Less Doing, our community is all about taking action. So I've designed this event to make sure you do take action because the only way to make big changes in your life is to invest in yourself. And that's not only an investment of your money because you can always earn more of that, but rather an investment of your time, which is something so precious because you can never get it back. So at this event, we're not just gonna talk. On the first morning, Dave Asprey and I are gonna share with you the latest cutting edge tips on how to hack your productivity and biohack your body. But then that afternoon, it's gonna get really exciting when we break down into small groups and get you into workshops to solve your biggest problems in productivity. What are the workshops gonna be? They'll be designed to help you tackle the fundamental problems that stop 99% of the world from realizing their full potential. Getting your email down to inbox zero and mastering your communications with the world, or a scheduling class where you can learn how to automate your schedule to the point where you will have a calendar working for you or an outsourcing class where you can learn how to get rid of 95% of the things that you shouldn't be doing on a daily basis. We're also gonna have a biohacking class that's gonna include nutrition and help you master your body and your life. Which one of these classes should you attend? Well, that's where my last doing certified coaches come in. Before we even let you get to the event, you have to speak to one of our coaches so that we can talk to you and see if the event is right for you. That way we can make sure that we truly help you. So to get to the event, you just need to enter your email and then register to speak to one of our Less Doing Certified Coaches in a free 45-minute coaching call where you will learn the one area of your life that you need the most help with and will get the most impact out of. Now, as a special gift to you for joining this free coaching call, I want to recognize your commitment to your productivity by giving you a free copy of the book, Less Doing, More Living. Thanks for listening.